to flip flops. I recorded that, so that's good. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good note to start on. It's a way to, exactly. way to start a pod. <laughs> Half a joke. Um, all right, so quiet for a bit and then I'll start. Yeah, it was there, he just didn't get the height. I think John Lunson's been told to strip off, to be honest. Phil Ford looks as if he's stripping off. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fanatics. It's been a while, um, but with the new season starting soon, we have uh, reunited to put a podcast together and look ahead at the uh, the best picks for the new season. We've all got teams to look through um, over the course of this pod, but with one person being absent in, uh, in California-based Ben, uh, we thought we would uh, start by looking at his team and then, uh, and then we'll all go from there. So... Um, before I do that, I'll quickly say hello to everybody. Hello, Gary. Hello, Andy. Hello, Matt. Hello, Andy. Hello, John. All right, mate. And hello, Duncan. Whatever. All right. Let's go, shall we? So, Ben, for those not so familiar with the pod, is notorious for his template picks. And so uh, his team does look very templatey. Um, he has Ramsdale in goal, defenders are Dallow, Alexander-Arnold, Cancelo, James, and Neko Williams. But Martinelli, Salah, Luis Diaz, Rashford, and Andreas Pereira in midfield. And he's got Jesus, Kane, and Plange up front with uh, Gazaniga as his reserve goalkeeper. So I'm going to throw that out there. Who has a response to that uh, that team? Well, he's gone. He's gone four four two. That's the the first. It's interesting thing. The four, formations a, a big decision, surely with everyone's uh, teams this year. And Ben is not usually a fan of four four two, as far as I know. So surprised to see that. Um, and he's always he's always pretty template, like we said. But like I don't know what template is anymore. He's gone for uh, two. Expensive defenders in in Trent and Can and Cancelo, and then he's got two primes as well fitted in there in both Salah and Kane. So that means he's avoided Haaland, he's avoided people like Son. I'm uh, on board with I'm on board with his Salah pick. I think I, I think I've got Salah as well. I, I think uh, you can always rely on him. Yeah, opening day of the season, captaining Salah, like he always scores, right? And he's playing one here playing Fulham. Like, surely that's a no-brainer. Yeah. Uh, it, so it's Aikeny template. It's a good starter, isn't it, for the season? Because he's got all the different price points for swapping to other players if it doesn't work out. Um, he's gone Kane rather than Haaland. That's not exactly a big decision. I think the only one that's a bit a little unusual is the sort of going Diego Dallo at the at right back. Um, sort of cheap Man U defender. Mm-hmm. Um, but is he... Well, he's probably going to start. He's probably first team. Um, but yeah, I think uh, uh, I've, well, we'll come into mine later. I've certainly gone for a bigger defence, but like I think it's maybe a bit of a weak point potentially. 
Is it, this might be a good time to to bring up a little bit of a Man U chat, given that Ben's also a Man U fan, and like so, Dallo is he's going to play? You think? And then also Rashford is his other big Man U pick here. Like, oh, do we think that they're like? Do we understand what the Man U first team is going into the new season? So, let's just say yeah. So fullbacks, I think, is a little uncertain, uh, particularly whether it's Shaw or new signing Malassia that starts on the left. Um, and Lissandro Martinez can start, can play most of the positions too, which might might move things around. Now he's just been signed. Um, but certainly up front, I think Ten Hag actually recently said, I think the first day of the season, he's probably going to be playing Rashford, Martial, and Sancho. Um, because Ronaldo's not had much pre-season with the squad or training with Ten Hag. So um, so that they'll be starting. Rashford at six, $6.5 million for a midfielder when he had a appalling season last season, but he is usually quite good. So that's that's quite a good price. Uh, I, I wonder if that's a trap. I think he... I don't, I'm not sure he's going to play that all that often. He's going to be one of those annoying players that you never know if he's going to play or not. Yeah, we have a lot of we still have a lot of players that can play those positions, right? Because Martial can play left wing as well. We've got Elanga, um, and we've got a lot of youth players, like one of whom might might make the jump up this year out of Palistri and Diallo and all of these players. Like I feel like I don't know um, if he if he has a few bad games, then he's gone. Mm-hmm. Do we think Sancho is a better pick than Rashford? I do. I've got Sancho. You'll see my team later. I've got Sancho in my team. Um, he's, he's, half, he's, he's a million more, but um, he's got a, the upside is much bigger for him, I think. Like if he really kicks on this season, he could be amazing. And uh, I think he's a more certain first team pick and also a more certain 90 minutes. Are, are any of you tempted by Ericsson? Mm, I think How he's going to play Ericsson? deep. It's, I think he's about seven. He's 6.5, Ericsson. 6.5. Um, I've got Rashford, and I think Rashford will start more than Ericsson will. And I think Rashford, even if they're both starting, will score more goals than Ericsson will, or is more likely to. I agree that there's rotation risk, but I think all the big teams have big rotation like risks on players these days, especially in midfield, I think. So uh, I think it's a good one to start with. But as, you, as I think Andy said, like, if he crashes and burns, then um, then yeah, just need to sell him. But six and a half, you can't afford many other players that are capable of maybe getting 15 goals in the season. Um, so it's a fairly solid pick. Dallow is a bit of a risk, I think, though. Um, well, especially if Manu haven't signed a defensive midfielder, right? Like, yeah. yeah. So we're still playing at least one of McFred. Although Lissandro Martinez allegedly can play the defensive midfield, so. Um, Maybe that's the plan. I don't know, but uh, we haven't signed a an out and out defensive midfielder now. Um, and and are you going to be any good this year? <laughs> better than last season. I think we're going to look like a top six side this season, which is which which makes a lot. Even if we're only the sixth best team in the league, those prices are still really good. So in fantasy terms, I think yes. Yeah. yeah. Ronaldo looks a bit tempting as well once he gets to full fitness. 10 10.5. Is um I, I don't I don't know if he's going to play, but I, I I can't see him not playing as it were. He's, he's almost like too big to drop, but he's not playing in Saudi Arabia by then, yeah. I, yeah. 
I don't like Ronaldo anymore. It's <laughs> <laughs> it's, getting, it's getting personal now. So he'll be back Never. for his angry revenge hat tricks, though. Yeah, yeah. Never try to be personal with like your fantasy fantasy teams. He's always trying to like, pick just on who gets the most points. But yeah, I sort of hold it against him that he just don't know T- taking the money at the moment and uh, mucking up any tactics that we could possibly build. Yeah. Um, and you know, as soon as if, if anybody gives him an offer that he deems to be even slightly acceptable, he's gone. Yeah. I get the feeling it's all about those Champions League records. I think he's trying to like stay ahead of Messi in order, in order, you know, those uh, records that he holds. He wants to be number one in in history. Yeah, well, to be honest, Messi's not exactly to tearing the Champions League up either, is he? So I think he's probably already got that. Um, but anyway, that's a different conversation. That's not about fantasy football. <laughs> um, my. My observation with Ben's team that I thought was interesting is um, Reese James. Now, he was a really bargain pick for long stretches of last season, um, playing as a wingback in a very sort of adventurous wingback system at Chelsea. Um, but they haven't got as many centre-backs this season, so there's a chance they're going to switch to a back four, and there's a chance that they will completely implode because... Um, like they did against Arsenal in preseason. Um, so I had Reese James at a time, and I have got rid of him. I wanted to see what everyone else thinks about Reese James. Yeah, impl- implosion risk. I um, I agree with a little bit, but I th- I think the Chelsea defense is just generally more of a risk this year. They could they could be great. They were great for periods last year, right? Long periods. Um, I, I don't know if Tuchel wants to play um, Kant regularly in midfield. And he he seems to prefer other options sometimes, but then it resorts to playing him when he realizes he has to. And if he plays regularly next to Jorginho, I, I, I just think defensive midfielders are what, hold a, are what really protect a defense and make it uh, perform as a unit more than the defenders themselves. And... And so I just, yeah, it's it's about getting that balance of defensive midfielders right, playing the right people in front of them, and then the team not imploding. So I, I see them as, yeah, just much more of a risk. But there's upside risk with that too, clearly. Yeah. I think James no, might keep some clean no. sheets. Oh, go for it, Dunk, then. Yeah. No, I just wanted to hear more from that. You go, Matt. Oh, fine. I was going to say, um, I've gone big at the back, partly because I think particularly teams like Chelsea, their wing backs, like James, you're buying a defender who's basically their winger and will be putting all the crosses in. And as long as he's playing, I think he's going to be a a pretty sort of pick and he's very, very popular in the game. So like 42% of players have been picking him so far. So he's, he's, every time he does something, if you don't have him, you're going to be suffering too. Um, I think, yeah, he had some injuries last season. If he stays injury free, Chilwell on the other side of the other one as well. He's the same price, but like when he was, before he got his big injury, he was absolutely flying. And it seems to be Tuchel's style is like, oh, we'll, we'll put the, the wing backs in really dangerous situations. And so they'll score goals and get assists. So I just see it as like for 6 million, you can't get a midfielder that will, is as capable of scoring as many goals and assists as, as James is. Well, I'm pretty true. sure, I'm pretty sure what Duncan wanted to say was, was four nil, right? 
<laughs> yeah, that's what that's what I was saying. I was saying four 0 Um no, that's that's Martinelli, Matt. Six million midfielder scores more goals in the system James, right? Well Isn't that true? He doesn't get as many clean sheet points though, does he? He doesn't get a lot of them, no. And and even if they're but close, he, James James gets more points for his goals, doesn't he? He's a defender. Well, it depends. I mean, they're playing him at centre back sometimes in pre season and he doesn't like it. But, that's um, another good point, actually, is John's favourite thing is Reese James playing centre-back, right? Um, that's yeah. been happening pre-season because um, Chelsea don't have as many centre-backs now. Um, so you might end up with a centre-back for six million rather than a, a wing-back. Well, I'm, one of the things I'm going to try and do is, is pick players who I think are going to play. And I, I, guess with the, I guess James is probably, you could put him in that category. But for Chelsea, I'm going to go with Koulibaly in my team to start with. I think he's... Uh, he might pick up a few bonus points, blocking everything and uh, a bit of a set piece threat. So, so I've not we, gone for James. We, um, we watched Koulibaly in um, Bologna. Um, me and Matt and some of the old Colonel boys. And um, he was an absolute horror at set pieces. He was like, they just couldn't keep hold of him. He was just got his head on everything. Yeah, so I, I think I think Chelsea is still going to be decent. I think I think Tuchel's quite a cautious manager, so I think if he's a bit worried about the squad, that just means he'll go more defensive. Fair enough. All right, well, we've, we've mentioned a few of our our teams, uh, like some some features of our teams already. Um, I think I might come to Matt next and see uh, if you'd like to talk us through some of the key features of your team. Sure. So. Um... My team's not necessarily wholly miles away from um, Ben, but then you'd expect that because we're both a little bit more template than, uh, than others uh, and like to go for the popular picks. But um, I think where, where I differ is I've gone for a really big at the back. So I've gone for James, Robertson and Alexander-Arnold, Cancelo and Trippier. So all sort of uh, kind of wing-back slash full-backs um, uh, and quite expensive ones. And I've saved my money to afford that by by going um, sort of Jesus up front, but then Archer and Greenwood, so the two, two four and a half million non-playing strikers. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm forced to kind of play a 5-4-1 formation. Um, and uh, in fact, yeah, I can't play any other formation really, uh, unless I go 4-5-1, but that would mean playing Andreas Pereira, um, who's my other sort of bench fodder. Um, and so, yeah, I, I guess what was what was my my key decisions was do I want to go two non-playing strikers just to for the first few weeks of the season just try and get that that really big uh, as many big hitters in as possible in the first first eleven and then when it goes wrong just just do a wild card out of it um, and and the other one there was also I think I, I've gone for Robertson whereas Ben went for Luis uh, Diaz um, and so. I just, again, I just think Robertson will probably outscore Diaz and is probably more reliable starter as well. So uh, that was my my thinking on that one. Um, so yeah, that's me. I like I like your pick of Trippier. Uh, he was definitely in my thoughts. I, I think Newcastle annoyingly will be half decent this season, and he's such a good set three, set piece threat. So I, I think I, I've got I got Bruno. You've got Bruno. I, I can't pronounce it. Bruno Gimeres. Is that right? In in uh, in midfield as well. As of now, let's make that our pronunciation that we use on this podcast. <laughs> Gimeres. 
Yeah. You're the Spanish speaker, Gary, so you, you, you're no better than us. So he's just obviously <laughs> nailing so, it and pretending so like to, don't know. To, to, to speak Portuguese, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I went, I went for Bruno instead of Martinelli, uh, which I'm still erring on. I'm not sure which one I'll end up on in the end. Um, but yeah, it just seemed like the star. Yeah, him and Trippier seemed like the star of the Newcastle team. Um, and so they'll, they'll be there on the set pieces and they'll be there scoring the goals, hopefully. Trip is an interesting one at five million, I think, isn't he? Um, which is the same price as Zinchenko, a defender who I maybe we should ask Duncan whether he's really going to be first team and whether he's going to play in defence or in midfield. But well, up front, like with, or yeah, number ten, who knows? Um, <laughs> like seems like a player with a lot of upside. Duncan, do you have either of those players? Zinchenko or or who else? Or Trippier. I've had them both. I've taken them both out. And Trippier is my favourite. But he has so many injuries. And he's, you know, he had a big one in the last season. And he, I don't think he can play every week or maybe even every other week for Newcastle. So my pick of the two would be Zinchenko. I think he'll play most of the time. I think Jack will get sent off. I think Party will probably go, you know, we'll see how it goes with the court case or whatever. But, um, yeah, I, I would say that Zinchenko is my pick of those two. He's not in my team because I'd much prefer a, a player in a consistent position. I know he might be out of position at some points, but, you know, quite a lot of the time he might just be playing defensive mid, which is great. You know, he's not quite De Bruyne, but I just prefer someone like, I don't know, Gabriel maybe at Arsenal. Same price, five million or so. And I'm just a consistent starter, basically. Ben White, a lot of injuries. So, yeah. I I disagree. I'm going, I've got Zinchenko in my team. I, I think I think he's going to establish himself as a good midfielder he's got a good long range shot on him and uh chipping with goals and assists so i I, f- I feel like i feel like he's been picked to start for arsenal in midfield although I, I, yeah duncan you probably know more more than i do um it, uh, yeah there's a risk he's, he may get stuck at left back but that's true that's true he'll probably play there most of the time when tierney's not fit um but it'll be like man city you know he'll rotate in rotate in rotate out until he finds a permanent position in the team um, I read a piece that said he was brought specifically to play the Cancelo role, where he kind of nominally is the left back, but actually spends spends most of his time playing in midfield and creating. Which makes that sense, makes right? Sense, yeah. But, like but when he filled like that, when he filled in at Man City in that role, though, he never seemed to quite nail it, though, did he? I wondered if he was more to replace Xhaka and be like that sort of not particularly attacking midfielder, but quite creative from deep, like the odd long shot, long range passing, that kind of thing. The quarterback. Yeah. That that's not a role that does well at fantasy football, though, is it? It tends to be uh, like the the pass before the assist, or even further back than that. It right? do, it, it's not great if you're um, listed as a midfielder on the game, but if you're down as a defender and you're still getting clean sheet points, I think it's... Uh, yeah, that's true. My only hesitation as well of Arsenal players, so I, I almost went Martinelli, 
um, I, I have been tempted by Zinchenko, and he's been in previous drafts. Is they also start with Palace away? It just it just, and that's I think the first game of the Premier League season. It just aches to me of a bit like Brentford last last season. I think they beat Arsenal on the first day. That they're just going to lose that one, uh, and then it's all sort of a sort of back foot from there. And they got Leicester straight after that. Not necessarily an easy walkover. So I was going to perhaps maybe wait and see if they. What, what sort of Arsenal do we get this season? Do we get the Arsenal that will punch punch above its weight and hit hit top four for most of the season before crashing and burning the last few games of the season? Or do we get one that falls away um, a little bit even more than that and turns into the Man U of this season? Um, I'm not quite sure which one they are. Oh, oh that, no. Oh, the, the Man U <laughs> of this season. That's that's an insult. <laughs> Things would have to go pretty badly for that to happen. <laughs> Shots well, I, yeah. Um, I mean, it's meant to be an insult, Duncan. That's why I said it. <laughs> um, I'm not so sure about Arsenal yet. I'm not sold on them, to be honest. Um, I think Jesus as well. Uh, I've got him in. Um, I think he might score a few goals. I, I, I don't know if he's the, necessarily the one to take him onto the next level, but we'll see. We, we should maybe talk a bit about Jesus because I've I've got him as well. But having seen that everybody else has picked him, I'm I'm now wondering if I should get rid of him just for that reason. Uh, I'm a bit like Matt when you, everyone has the, the same meal in the restaurant and then Matt has to change and order a different one just because <laughs> everyone else has got it. Which is funny because he's the opposite of that of fantasy football, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> guys make me sound weird. <laughs> this is a really interesting one. I, it's funny you, you mentioned the, the fixtures for Arsenal because that's actually the thing that has made me want Jesus. Um, Palace is, is a tough fixture, I agree with that. But then I think Leicester are going to be um, one of the better teams that you want to play against and score against this season. They've got Bournemouth, they've got Fulham. Um, Villa could be anything this season Man United could be anything this season then they've got Everton and Brentford first 10 games of the season I don't know a team that's got an easier first 10 games than that yeah and that's a good point I, I'm just not going to um, uh, I'm planning for like the first two or three game weeks and then I'm planning to maybe change with a wild card so uh, good fixtures in five or six I can, I can transfer in for as always we're planning to get it horribly wrong in the first few weeks and then panic and use our wild card. Can we talk about wild cards? Go ahead. Just about the World Cup and the, the extra wild card. I was just thinking, you know, short-termism seems to be the key early on in the season because you've got What's it? Game week, is it 18, the World Cup? And we get unlimited transfers after it, kind of November, December time. And then there's a, obviously free transfers before you start and there's a World Cup to play before the World Cup. Yeah, so I guess, you're, I guess looking at the fixtures, if you know you've got a wild card in the, in the first 18 weeks at some point and then another one, um, so I guess that makes a case for Arsenal. And I guess Arsenal are more settled this year. They started badly last year, but they've, they, uh, they, Alteta's had a bit more time. So that might be a good good case to go with Arsenal players. They also had a COVID outbreak that meant they, were, they missed half their team for the start of last season, right? So 
you'd hope that wouldn't happen. Actually, I mean, I would love for that to happen again, but I don't think it's going to. I imagine that that wild card over the uh, the World Cup is going to be just an opportunity to increase the value of your team, isn't it? Like if everybody's going to, I don't know how it's going to work, but I imagine if everybody's going to be buying and selling during that period, you it'll be all about strategizing how to get your value up, won't it? Like trying to get yeah. daily transfers in for who to see whose value's going up. <laughs> like the stock market. Yeah. Oh, I don't think it quite works like that. I think no. if you're on a wild if you're on a wild card, you don't influence the prices going up of players. Oh, is that right? Yeah. But but anybody who keeps them, if everyone else, if everyone else influences a player that you have, then yeah. then at the start of the week, if you've got somebody who's worth five million, and at the end of the week they're worth five point two, and you can't spend them out again, you gain point two by doing that. Right? No, but 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 it won't go. Their, their value won't go up or down because everyone will be on a wild card at the same time. That's the thing, right? Everyone's uh, going to be so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that tactically for me. It means you've got 18 weeks to play uh, a game to play the wild card. Uh, we don't know who's going to be good this season. So realistically, I'm thinking I'll probably play my wild card in the first five weeks and jump on all the bandwagons that sort of feature from those first few games. Yeah. So I'm not planning my squad for long term. I think that's that's fair. There's a lot of there's it's just know what you don't know, right? I'm petrified of of Holland to be honest. Like I. I'm really worried about not having him going into the start and I'm fully prepared to wildcard or do whatever I've got to do to like switch my whole structure of my team around to fit him in uh, when I'm proven, yeah. that, you know, when he's scoring four goals a game. Well, should, then, we, should we talk about Haaland? Because I, th- I was just thinking, yeah, like I've, I've got him because, I mean, yeah, he scored nearly a goal a game playing for, um, for Dortmund, so... Surely at Man City. I don't know. Or is Pep going to go maverick and spend the first three months trying to train him to learn how to like, be a winger or something? Or <laughs> yeah. That's a really good point. You might, you might end up playing as a false nine or something, right? Which <laughs> does not be the player we think he's going to be. Yeah, we that don't, we be, don't play with the number nine, so you're going to have to learn how to not be a striker. <laughs> <laughs> Just adamant. <laughs> um, I think we could be pretty sure that having waited like they've the reason that they've not played with a number nine for so long i think is because they were they didn't want to sign somebody else right they wanted to make space for holland or kane right and couldn't get kane yeah Yeah. Um, what is your team gary so i've got so the big hitters i've got i've gone with harland and in midfield i've got salah and sterling so that's where my most my money's gone um then I guess my defence have gone for like the interesting sort of mid-range defenders. So Zinchenko, Koulibaly, Cancelo. I've got Perisic, which maybe we'll come on to. I think I think John's got him as well. And uh Gay from Crystal Palace. And yeah, and then a, a bit of bench fodder in midfield to go along with Bruno, Salah and Sterling. I've got Traore from Villa and McAllister from Brighton, who uh, and uh a Taylor up front, of course, a classic pick. Be honest. Have you chosen Mac Allister because there's a space in his name? <laughs> I, I I only just noticed the space, but um, yeah, I, I think I I don't know. I think Brighton are one of those teams that are kind of good without really knowing anyone knowing how they're good or anyone watching them. So I'm I'm hoping he's <laughs> going to be the key to Brighton's solid ninth place finish. 
They have Japan's best player. It's only from loan Britain. Mitomo ah, Tell me more. Um, so the Japanese national team is one of these teams that just passes sideways and sideways and sideways. And they have this player that sits on the bench called uh, Mitoma, who uh, he comes on on 70 minutes and he's the only per- only player that doesn't pass the ball sideways. Every time he gets the ball, he's a bit like Alan St. Maxima. He just sprints towards the goal as fast as he can with the ball. So he completely changes the way they play. And if they win, every time they win a game, it's because he's done something. I think Brighton kind of play a bit like that as well. So, um, so yeah, one to look out for then. Indeed. But back to your team, Gary. Uh, I wanted to ask you about Sterling. Uh, he's, what, 10 million sterling? Yeah, so my, so my reasoning there was... I think he's going to be a starter for Chelsea as a striker, right? So I think he's he always scores goals. It's just he, you could never guarantee him to play at Man City. So now I'm thinking he might get 20 goals this season. So £10 million midfielder, 20 goals. Makes sense to me. The counter-argument is that you mentioned earlier that Tuchel is a cautious manager who might end up retreating into his shell because things are not going as well as he wants them to. Um and Chelsea weren't exactly pulling up trees in the creativity department last season. Mm. But I'd, I think that could be true, that Chelsea could still not score that many goals, but Sterling would would be there, still be their top scorer. Yeah, if anyone's going to score the goals, it's mm. going to be him. Yeah. I guess for me, you've basically gone for three premiums, haven't you? Like with Sterling as well as Haaland and Salah. Um, but the way that you've paid for that is not having Trent. Um like lots of people mm. have. So, yeah. is that Does that feel risky not having Trent? Possibly. I'd, I'd, I mean, I'd love to get him in, but I do wonder if Liverpool... I don't know. I've got a funny feeling about Liverpool that they might have a, a slightly off-season. And then uh, that probably just means they'll let a few more... leak a few more goals at the back. I, I don't... I, I don't. They, they don't seem to have... Imp- I, I, I don't think they've improved on last year. And they're slightly getting a bit older. So I'd, I think Trent, rather than getting like 230 points or something, he might have like 150, 160 kind of season where he still gets a few assists, but they don't they don't keep as many clean sheets. Mm. But it could go horribly wrong. And I don't have Robertson or Trent. So if, if Liverpool do keep a clean sheet, it means I'm conceding a lot of ground. So I could... I, I guess I could someone like Zinchenko or Perisic if I wanted to downgrade one of them to um, a four million defender and then I could bring um, Trent or Robertson in. But um, I'm going to try try and not do it. That's nice. It's bold. And I, I, I always like someone who's betting against the Scousers. Sounds, sounds like a good tactic to me. Um, somebody wanted to mention Perisic as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I want to get John's view on that because it, it sounds to me like another, like, wing, he's going to be a wing back, right? I know he's getting he's on a bit. He's definitely going to be a wing back on the left, yeah. Yeah. And is he, is he definitely going to be the first choice wing back who plays 90 minutes every week? So, so he's going to be, uh, here's my concern with him. I've picked him, but his, my concern is um, the five subs rule. And, I, I think that uh, I was reading an article recently about how uh, Conte at, at Juventus, there was a period of time where he was actually allowed five subs with Juventus. And during that period of time, he regularly took off his wingbacks on about 55 minutes. And so that's Worst possible. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and so that is my concern because that I can see that realistically happening. 
Um, but I, on the other hand, though, I just think that if Perisic does play, you know, 60 minutes plus um, most weeks, and he is definitely our best left wing back, I just think he's going to absolutely tear it up. I think he might be the best defender in the, the entire game. Um, but it's but that's that's the risk, is is does he play? And I think he's worth the risk, and that's why I put him in. But I can see that it, that could be the frustration. He's still got legs on him. Like that's watching watching recent uh, highlights, recent games. He gets up and down so much. He's got so much stamina at the age of thirty three. His legs have not gone at all, um, and he's still got that you know magic touch on both feet. Great like great finisher, great crosser. Um, ambidextrous and so he's got two feet two legs and yeah. he can use both of them he yeah. Like he's a... yeah. yeah 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 and he's got a he head walk. he's got a head, <laughs> he's got <a> head. <laughs> three eyes nice yeah, there's, ma- there's many players I've picked in this game who wouldn't wouldn't meet that criteria so <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I mean like he, he was getting it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be that unusual for him to get double digits like even from wing back in terms of goals. Um, but, but I can see realistically, if he plays regularly enough, I could see him getting eight goals and, and, you know, upwards of five assists, like could be eight goals, eight assists, that kind of, that kind of level, which would be absolutely fantastic because Tottenham are going to keep more clean sheets than, than last year. And, and they kept quite a few last year. There aren't that many players though, that come to the premier league age 33 and tear it up, especially a position like left wing back. Like I, 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 there's, I agree with all of the upside that you've said there, but um, the, the, I haven't got Perisic. I've undeniable a lot about it, but not having him. And the reason is I just I feel sceptical. And I, at five and a half, you can get him in, yeah. like with a transfer if he if he is really good. Yeah. It's um, kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah. Well, being a Tottenham fan made it easier for me, obviously, to take that risk. But yeah, I, I see the risk. But I just think he's I just think he's quality. Should we, uh, should we do your team next, John? Yes. Let me just check what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so I've gone 4-4-2, I think. Yes, I have. Um, I've got Martinez in goal. I've got uh, Trent, Cancelo, uh, Robertson, as well as Perisic. So that's a, that's a big back four spent, uh, really splurging there. Um, and I uh, and then in terms of my, my four midfielders, I think I've gone quite different to everyone else in both midfield and attack. So my four midfielders are Bowen, Madison, uh, Son, who I imagine will be my captain most weeks, as is my only premium player, uh, and Kulisevsky, uh, who I've you know kept in given his uh, form in the second half of the season at Tottenham last year. And then up front, I've gone for uh, Callum Wilson, and Mitro, Mitrovic. And so I think this midfield and attack is quite different to what other people have, have gone for. And I just think, I think my biggest pick out of there would be Callum Wilson. I think the one, the one person I really feel sure about is him when I look at my team. Um, I think that Newcastle are going to have a great season this year. And I think he's going to bear the, you know, get reap the benefits with the, the uh, being their main man up top. Uh, and I, I think, uh, you know, he, he came back from his injury last year already on fire straight away and playing under under Howe. I can just see him having a, a great season. 
and it's seven what's he 7.5 million just seems like a no-brainer to me um and my uh lack of premium players other than Sun, just having the one premium players allowed me to go for a lot of players in sort of the the seven, eight million range, which is why which is why I've got both Bowen and Madison and Kulisevsky. Uh in they're all they're all sort of eight million plus players. Uh so that's my strategy really is going for that level of player uh rather than having more premiums. It just made it harder to pick that one premium and I went for I went for Sun. But my, my big fear is I don't have Salah. I don't have Haaland, and that's scary. <laughs> I want to just um, pick up on something. You've obviously picked Kulisevsky, and a, a, a thing that a lot of people might not have noticed is that obviously he's competing with Richarlison for yep. the position in that in that front line. Richarlison suspended for the first two game weeks, so you'd expect if you're planning short term, Kulisevsky's probably the one. Uh, I think it might only be the first game week. I'm not sure. I'll check that. But yeah, he is out for at least the first game. Is that him throwing that flare at the kind yeah. of kind yeah, of the fans, right. but yes, sort of yeah. to the side? Oh. That's right. That's right. Um, so yeah, he, he is out, and and Kulisevsky could definitely get rotated. But if he wasn't if he wasn't getting rotated at all, I'd be willing to pay ten million for him. So that's why I feel like I've got a little bit of room. Um, but yeah, it is a consideration, same as Perisic, that there could be more rotation. It's going to be much bigger risk with the five subs this year, right? Uh, for a lot of players. But, um, but Kulisevsky has been so fantastic for us. The the, the 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 bigger risk with him is that he has like a second season syndrome. He he uh, he's he's a bit of a one trick merchant. He cuts. He's he's got no right foot. He cuts onto his left foot. And shoots far corner every time, and it goes in. And if defenders just cotton onto that a bit more, <laughs> he might be in trouble. But so far they haven't. And and we saw Iron Robin do it for like a decade. So why not? <laughs> and Perisic, right? For like a decade of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I suppose so. So it can it can still it can still work. Paris Perisic has it has two feet as we've established. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently Kulisevsky only has one. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a handicap. One, but it's a great one. <laughs> it's so good. But it's good enough. Was nobody else tempted by these eight million type players though? Other than other than Kulisevsky, I've got Bowen for eight point five, Madison for eight, Wilson for seven point five. You know those range of players. Did did every because because the choice is really you go for those types of players or you or you pick premiums and then cheapos, right? Like nobody was tempted for this mid-range level of players. Um, well, I've got, I've got um, much like Ben, I've got Luis Diaz because um, mm-hmm. by a first choice, Liverpool's like goal scorer for eight million seems like suspiciously cheap. So I've got him. Yeah, because. Because one way you can see this game, right, is like, is trying to maximise the uh, points per pound, right? Like points points per price, and and then the, 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 you know you need a premium to someone you can captain every week. But if you've got too many premiums, they don't necessarily deliver on that points per price range. And if you've got too many cheap players, they get great points per price, but you can't spend all your money on them. Right? And so you, and so the mid-range players maybe allow you to do that a bit more. If you can get eight million players getting two hundred points, it's great returns. Well, one thing that you've picked up on, you've mentioned it a few times now, is the the five subs rule. 
Um, the big premium players are mostly at the big six clubs, right? And those are the, the clubs that can afford to use all their five subs on their premium players every week. Yeah. So it seems likely that this season, one of the trends might be that the big premium players don't play 90 minutes every week. Whereas the, um, you know, the best player at Newcastle, the best player at Villa, you know, those kind of 8 million players mm-hmm. are more likely to play 90 minutes every week. So they might end up providing better value than they have done in previous years. Oh, it's big, um, big Johnny McGinn with his big bottom protecting the ball. He's the new captain of Villa. He is. He's not eight million. He's he's five five point five, and he's got a shot on him. Has anyone got John McGinn? <laughs> <laughs> well, just what John was saying about Bowen. I didn't realise he got twelve goals and seventeen assists last season. That's ridiculous. I, I did. That kind of flew under the radar. I knew he was good, and I've, I had him in my team at various points. But seventeen assists. That's he was he was very consistent. Yeah. But as was Madison when he played. Madison was out for a long period of last season. And when he came in, great every game. I, I had him for the run in like the final 10 games or so. And, he was, and he was probably my best player. 11 assists, yeah. He's he's, re- he's a really good set-piece taker, isn't he? Um, so, yeah. I I, I see the value. Because like, I, I was talking about Sterling earlier. But I, if I got one of Madison or Bowen, then that, that could put Alexander-Arnold in my team as well. So, it's... Um, think it's a good strategy I think with I think um, both of these the only thing I think I'd say is against it is um, Bowen I think has got pretty tricky fixtures starting up um, I think and I think Leicester's aren't the easiest either so like I, I am tempted by the 8 million pound players but I'm tempted to get them in game week 5 mm. rather than right now that's that's probably my thinking on it well, that's a fair enough point. I, I, I think one thing I haven't paid much attention to at this point is fixtures. And I think in this final week, if I do make one or two changes, it'll be based on that. Andy, should we do your team? Yeah, sure. So um, I've gone, I, I said a few of the players that I've got already. I've got Zinchenko, Trent, um, Cancelo, my big, my big defenders. I've gone for Tommy Asu as my my fourth defender in a four four two. Then Neko Williams as fodder. Um, I've got Salah, Luis Diaz, Jaden Sancho, and Bruno. How do you say, Gary? Gimeres. That guy. I've got. I've got <laughs> that. That's my four midfielders with uh, Evie away from Palace as my non-playing uh, bench midfielder. And then Holland and Jesus up front with Cameron Archer as my bench fodder. And Henderson in goal. So yeah, Henderson's you... at Forest, right? Is that? Yeah, that's right. So I think lots of shots to save. Yeah, that's <laughs> one way to put it. But I mean, Forest have made Forest have made about ten new signings, haven't they? So they they're going to be a totally different team, and could they could be anything really? My problem with them. Henderson and goal is his backup isn't 4.0 his backup's 4.5 I'd love I'd love it if Sanchez at Brighton was a bit better <laughs> at saving shots or you know got more shots and goal because his backup's 4.0 but he's just such a boring keeper to have whereas well, Henderson, Henderson's really exciting Henderson was signed after the game already started though so that might be why okay yeah that makes sense yeah yeah Oh, Forrest might be. Oh, go ahead, Matt. I say not bad on him. I was. I've considered him as well. I, I, I might still go for him, but um, 
I've currently gone for Pickford. Uh, and that's, I think Everton are bad, but I do think they've got some games that they might just get the occasional clean sheet on. And a bit like, who, who's the, there's been teams in the past that get these, the goalkeepers could just get points for saves all the time. I just think he's going to get peppered with lots of shots, which might give him loads of save points. Um, so that was my thinking on him. Whereas I just, I want to just, yeah, I, I'm t- very tempted by Henderson, but equally I want to just see how their defence settles a little bit um, in, in the my, my thinking on him is that um, we've, we've spoken about short-term thinking a lot. It's completely short-term with me and Henderson. Um, I think that there's, there's often one team that like comes out of the blocks from a surprise promotion with real like great results in the first few weeks and really on a high. I can see that happening with Forest, like everything just falling into place for the first five games and then falling apart after that. So um, I thought maybe having Neko Williams and, um, and Henderson for that period might be good. They're interesting team, Forest, because um, they, they're Steve Cooper, their manager, kind of got them. They played quite good football and he got them. I think he took over. They were almost in the relegation zone about 10 games into the season and he got them up through the playoffs. Um, I don't, I, I must admit, I don't know enough about their squad to, to say who's going to start in some of the, because they've made so many new signings. But um, yeah, they, they could be one to watch out for. Um, they, uh, it's funny manager Steve Cooper. He, he always looks like he's in pain, like his face, like he's, he's, he's having like some really bad problems and he's just kind of gurning on the sidelines, like look at the pitch. But uh, he's, he, he's, he did really well at Swansea and now really well at Forest. So he, yeah, they could be this, this year's surprise package. Forest have signed Lingard as well. Can we talk about that for a second? Is, is anyone tempted by him? Very, very. They get the West Ham Messi Lingard version, then for six million he's a steal, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. It's just gonna depend on can Forrest keep the ball in the Premier League and get it to him anywhere near the goal. Yeah. I like Lingard is a very talented player. Um yeah. uh, when he, when he was at Man U and like back in the in the times when he was actually playing in the first team, I remember watching like all of these players standing still and then Lingard moving around a lot. And I thought, wow, that guy's an important player. Lingard, we should play him more often, you know, because he's constantly moving. Um, and he's got a, he's a good finisher, turn of pace on him. Um, every now and then he just, like, dribbles past five players and has a shot. So, I don't know. I think he's a, he didn't ever show what he was made of at United for whatever reason. I think the, the West Ham version of him was more representative of what, what he can be. Uh, he just can't do it for an entire season and never did it at United. And again, I don't, I don't know enough about Forrest, but I, I think, I think that they've got a squad of quite like hardworking midfielders behind him. So he would be the outlet and the one kind of given all the attacking license. Like I know that they signed Lewis O'Brien from Huddersfield. He's a good midfielder, but he's not a good fantasy football player because he's more of a solid central midfielder. Um, but yeah, Colbacks another one they've got. He's just hardworking midfielders behind him. So I think I think Lingard might be the one kind of with the license to attack. Yeah, he's the same price as uh, as, as as Bruno. How do you say, Gary? Gimirish. <laughs> <laughs> same price as him. Um, I've I've gone the other way at the moment. Uh, what I re- to be honest, what I really wanted to do was uh, have Odegaard from Arsenal, um, but I was five point five million short of him and. Uh, like, you know, I was trying to find a way of like shaving 0.5 million. I went to Jesus to 
uh, to Martial and things like that. So no, it's not worth it. Um, but yeah. I've had a sudden idea, so sorry for throwing this un unprompted, but does anyone have, um, I wonder if we should have a uh, bold, bold predictions for the season sec section. I don't know if anyone has any bold predictions in general of, of what's going to happen. Do you know what? Be yours, we Gary. Have, we, we, we Mine, haven't done Duncan's team yet. Should we uh, save that, give ourselves some time to think, and then come back to it? Although yes. Duncan seems to be doing something else at the moment, so I don't know whether he can do with his team or not. So we might not talk, and then we and then we might all not be listening anyway because we're going to be start trying to think what our big predictions. Tomato, lentil, and rice in the Greek bowl. There's um, spicy aubergine stew with peppers and courgette in the um, slow cooker. It's already. You've gone for the aubergine and the peppers, Duncan. That's that's an interesting midfield. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I thought that was deliberate, to be honest. <laughs> well, should I talk about my team? Uh, all the peppers. So, starter, for starters, we're going to have um, Jesus up front. I love the smoke. He's absolutely, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely delicious. Um, and he's going to be paired with a side of Haaland, who's a Viking, essentially, from Manchester. And he's going to bring some smoked fish, maybe some shark with him, uh, which would be delicious. I was considering a bit of uh, British beef with Harry Kane up front with a power three, but I think that's overstepping the mark a little bit. So at the moment, I'm thinking a lot about Sterling. The draft I sent you guys is probably long gone. And now uh, thinking a lot about Raheem Sterling and, Chelsea and him being back there and just him scoring a hat-trick on the first day against Everton, flicking everyone the Vs and then, yeah, going on for the rest of the season, scoring loads of goals. The, the big question so, for me is, yeah. is to Salah or to not to Salah? More salad, less salad? I don't know. Because um, you've got to have a salad when you're having stew. We've got the rice. So... Yeah. Do you have rice in your team? Uh, he doesn't. I've, oh. I've got rice rice in the kitchen, but not on the team. Yeah. Um, but he's a, rice is a good option. He was in my first draft, 5.0, gets forward a lot, plays every game, good team. Um, so that's an option on the bench. But I'm quite keen on everyone's favourite from um, Fulham, the ex-Man United Pereira, playing at number 10 or on the wing for Fulham. 4.5, it just kind of seems like a no-brainer. So, at the moment, I think the draft I sent you isn't updated. I think it's a back three. It's like a power back three. And then spreading the funds across five in the midfield. Pedro Neto popped in. I'm sorry, Matt. Um, I did pop in Neto for a little bit. I know we discussed it and we said it was silly, but I was just tempted by Leeds away on the first day. And... Um, and also, uh, what's his name? Jimenez up front and his injury again. So I thought, mm, maybe him and Traore and uh, Pudence up front in a front three, they could cause carnage against a, a Leeds back line um, who are still going to be doing their entertaining stuff um, higher up the pitch, hopefully. Yeah, so 
don't know much about Jesse March and how well he marshals the defence, but I know Bielsa doesn't do that. So that was quite tempting. Um, in goal, I'm torn between Ramsdale, Sanchez or Saar. Um, and I really like John's shout of um, your man with the legs. He's got two eyes and his name is? Perisic. Perisic. I'm tempted by that. Oh, that sounds pretty good. I'm also tempted by um, Johnny Cash, the cash man on the right wing for Villa. Me too. Um, yeah, because he just plays every game. He's a Polish boy, you know, scores goals. He's like Coleman back in the day. Um, him or Dina. Yeah, one of those two. I just think they rotate really, really, really well with um, a cheap midfielder like Rice or something like that. Yeah. Rice goes with everything. Jeez. It goes with everything. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it is. Did sorry. In the end, did Martinelli make it into your midfield? He did. Yeah, he did. And then he popped out for a bit, went out for some lunch, and then um, Lingard might come in instead because. The talk of Lingard has just got me thinking, yes, yes, goals, goals for Forrest. Who who would your, you, you sort of wavered a bit on Zinchenko and you've, you've been thinking about Martinelli and you've been thinking about Ramsdale. You know, who who do you think are your big picks for the Arsenal? Big picks for the Arsenal. Jesus, Ramsdale, Saka. Saka. Yeah, eight million. It's a good price. I mean, he's a really good player, but he's never sort of really delivered massive numbers on goals and assists. Do you think this might be his season where he does that? Um. Yes, I do. With no justification. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to justify myself. It's Bukayo Saka. He scores goals. Yeah. So, I just so, think Jesus ahead. is the key ingredient. Yeah, Jesus up front, just knitting everything together, tying the tying the defence in knots. I just think that's the key for the Arsenal front line. So I mentioned Odegaard earlier. You haven't mentioned. Sorry, Matt. Do you want to go first? Uh, no, no. It's, well, I was just going to say the Arsenal. Like, yeah, a lot to seem to rely on Jesus uh, and how that works because that could bring in assist for Saka if there is actually someone to finish all those chances um, and make make him a worthwhile thing. I was very tempted by Martinelli, but I just fear that he could be subbed quite a lot. Um, mm. We've talked about the yeah. five subs earlier. and I, I mean, I remember we, Duncan and I went to Man U Arsenal last season and he looked like an absolute star. You just see, just really, really quick, really quite skillful, quite direct. And you think, oh yeah, he, he's going to really, because he's a young player, come on. But um I'm just, yeah, I think I'm a bit more of a wait and see. He says, but I might dump Bruno Gomez or whatever Gary says his name is um, for, for Martinelli. Because so, he's, he's a good price. I'm very, very tempted by him. Cause he's sort of like, he could be either, I think he's all or nothing this season. He's going to be like someone that no one picks because he doesn't, he's just too much of a, um, a sub and a rotation risk. Or he's the star that everyone, everyone has in their team because he's really good value. Yeah. Of course, another player we haven't mentioned who did very well for the first half of the season last year. Um, 
Smith Rowe. And is he got any chance of getting in the team this year, Duncan? I'd take that as a no. No. no it's not. It's, it's not a no. I just. I didn't hear the question. I was talking about Rice again. Uh, Smith <laughs> Smith Rowe. Is he going to play for Arsenal this year? Because he when he plays, he, he's a he's a great. Did you say, John? Did you say Fish Row? <laughs> Is that Fish Row, John? Smoke the Fish Row. Famous latte. Are you going to smoke it Smith. or not? No, I think um, Smith Row is he's a little bit cropped in preseason, so I think we have to wait on him. Oh, he's injured at the moment. He's just he's just got a couple of injuries, so he's not playing much preseason. Okay, okay. So a hold on him. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you about um, Odegaard, who the re- last season I had Martinelli and I got burned because he kept not playing and Odegaard kept getting assists and goals instead. So I wanted to, I, I've been really thinking hard about um, having him in my team this, this season. He seems like a nailed on first team choice as well, much more than the other players around. Him and Saka seem to be the ones that always play and he's much cheaper than Saka. So why you yeah. didn't mention him like that? I, I just think, um, like I was saying at the start, um, short-term games early on in the season, I think Odegaard's a long-term pick. Um, if you want to keep him for a while and get some value up, then I'm sure it will go up. But I just think um, he's a season pick rather than a short-termist before the World Cup. All right. Well, that's everyone's teams, isn't it? So uh, maybe we should we can switch to, to to Gary's agenda point, a big prediction. Obviously, Gary's got a big prediction that he wants to share with us. So do it, Gary. Okay, we should start before, there. Before, before Gary does, can I just say goodbye and, and wave goodbye to you guys? Because I've got to go out, I think. All right. Well, enjoy out. Okay. Thanks, Bye, guys. Dog. Good to see you, Doug. Bye. Good talking to Bye. you. Bye. Hi Duncan, Gary, Andy and Matt, Paul Merson here. Just a little message from Ben who says that he slumbered you last year at fantasy football. So good luck this season, he's the man to catch. And also, all the best of the fantasy football fanatics podcast. Good luck, enjoy it, have a great season everybody. The players I'd watch out for this season in the Premier League. I'd have to go Harry Kane. If he goes to Man City, he'll score bundles of goals. If he stays at Tottenham, he scores bundles of goals. I'm really sticking my neck out there, but he's an obvious one. I'm going to go for Badira. Is it Badira at Aston Villa? I think I pronounced that right. It's not just Soccer Saturday I missed the names up, lads. I think that's it. I think he'll get a lot of assists this season, and I think they'll have a right go at Aston Villa. So there'll be the two players I pick. But have a good one, everybody. Have a great, have a great season, and good luck to everybody at the fantasy football for that uh, football for that podcast. So my, I don't know if this is a bold prediction. It might not be as bold as I think, but but my bold prediction is Everton to come bottom. I think they're rubbish. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and looking at their midfield, like Townsend, Deli Alley, Decore, Iwobi, they maybe were doing good like five or six years ago, but it's it seems like a. I mean, Everton's always been a bit of a retirement home. I think they just need to get Walcott back and it'd be the, the perfect team, wouldn't it? Um, I, I think they're rubbish. Yeah. I think that the bottom's harder to predict than top in any season because what do you do when your team has got no points from eight games? 
you fire the manager, right? And then someone someone comes in. So that could well happen. But then they might not necessarily finish bottom in the end, right? Yeah, you sell your club to the Saudi Arabian government and bring a new manager, right? That's what you do. Yeah. Yeah, I could see maybe Big Sam going back to Everton at some point. Oh, that would be fun. I would love to see that. <laughs> that would, is that your prediction, Yeah, That would be a bold prediction. If that's yeah, prediction. Big Sam back to Everton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, feel, I don't feel that that doesn't sound that bold to me. Like I would be surprised to see Everton finish higher than 17th this season. So saying they're finishing bottom is like, it's a prediction, but it's not like wild. It's not like saying Arsenal are going to finish bottom. Matt? Um, I, 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 don't, I don't have a big one, uh, but I, I think I've said earlier in the pod that I partly does think Arsenal might crash and burn a bit this year. Um, like I think they've got a nicely settled squad, but I just think Arsenal really need to be trying to get to Champions League. That looks fairly locked in with the quality of Man City, Liverpool, Spurs look really good, and so do um, Chelsea. I think Man U will improve because it's hard not to on last season. And therefore, as soon as they start slipping into sixth, maybe Newcastle catch up with them. I could see that the uh, yeah, what's still quite a young squad sort of crash, um, sort of yeah, heads dropping a bit like they did last back end of last season. So, so to, to back up Matt's um, bold Arsenal to get relegated prediction, I, I think Aaron <laughs> Ramsdale, who they've got, he's, he's got quite a form for getting relegated. I think I think he's he managed about three or four relegations in a row. I, I don't know if we count. I think he's trying to get England relegated from the Nations League at the moment, but um, maybe maybe he can keep up his streak with Arsenal. It is yeah. often true that a team that finishes the previous season with either really good or bad form carries that into the next season, right? So um, we could see a, like a, a weak start from Arsenal could lead to problems, but it also could lead to Arteta being fired and then holding turning around, right? Yeah, well, I mean, if he gets fired, then, yeah, it could be someone like Pochettino. And Pochettino like at Arsenal. Yes, yeah. another managerial one. I would, like, John, talk to me about that. How would you feel? <laughs> Uh, sorry, Pochettino to do what? To replace Arteta at Arsenal after eight games. That just absolutely won't happen. <laughs> uh, I would... Uh, no, that just won't happen. But if Pochettino does come to the Premier League for anyone, it's going to bother me a bit because he's just uh, just such a favourite of every Tottenham fan. All right. So, that's a, uh, if this season pans out with Big Sam going back to Everton... Pochettino at Arsenal, then that's it. I don't care what else happens this season. I'm going to be happy. <laughs> uh, do you have a big prediction for us, John? Uh, so I don't know if I believe this, but I'm going to say it because I'm trying to go big. Uh, Newcastle to do really well. Now, what can I say to make that sound a bit more hyperbolic? Newcastle to finish higher than Arsenal on the basis that Arsenal can't get any points without party. And 
on the basis that um, Newcastle were the third or fourth, I forget, but look at the stats for the second half of last season. They were top four. And on the uh, what you were just saying, Andy, about people continuing their form, I could just see them just continuing that for a while and really putting pressure on into the top six teams and actually maybe achieving top six. What about Newcastle do a Leicester? That would be a bold prediction. That would be a very bold prediction, <laughs> wouldn't it? What about Leicester to do a Leicester? Uh, so I, I think I think that Aston Villa, Newcastle and Leicester might all have good seasons this year. I think that Leicester were a bit off their game for periods. They had a few injuries to a few key players at key times, right? Think about how long Vardy and Madison were out for at different times. If they if they can actually stay fit, Leicester really could have a great season. I think Newcastle just will have a great season. And it's just a question of how great. Um, and then Villa's another one that they, they seem to be getting gradually stronger. But yeah, Newcastle would be my pick for, I'm going to say Newcastle top six, and that Arsenal's probably the team that will suffer. So we wait we wait until Duncan signs off, then we all stick the boot into Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we're all agreed. <laughs> well, Pochettino will be upset. Um so, because Arsenal also don't don't um, do a good job of firing their managers when they should, right? Like we, I mean, obviously we know with with Wenger, but like, uh, but if they just hold on to Arteta for a bit too long when they're they're not doing very well, I could see that realistically happening as well. Yeah, that's also true. And Party was so keen. Um, I was a bit flippant just now, but Party was so crucial to them. Uh, and who knows? Because it does appear that he was the player who was arrested. Well, we, we may we may need to test Duncan's editing skills. I think for uh, yeah, we yeah. don't want to put that on <laughs> out there. <laughs> like no charges have been brought yet. <laughs> I, I don't think I count as uh, an in the know journalist, but I do follow my West African media, <laughs> and they all tell me that it was party. Um, uh, so anyway, anyway, but for whatever reason, he was late to join the team uh, in their training, and surely, like, uh, he would have been a bit affected by what's been going on. And and he's such a crucial player to them, in my opinion, that uh, and not somebody that they can replace with anyone else in their team. Uh, that that is dangerous for them. Dangerous. Andy, any uh, any bold predictions from you? Maybe Andy to finish top of the uh, fantasy football fanatic league. Not, not, not that bold, Gary. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, my, my 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 prediction is uh, Brendan Rodgers to be the first managerial change of the season. Uh, I think that Vardy's legs have gone. I think that Tielemans, if he's still there at the start of the season, his heart's not in anymore, and he's so important to them. Ndidi's injuries they were they weren't great last season um I don't know I think that there's all of the kind of ingredients are there for them to be like the the real big disappointment from there's a lot of teams around that area like below the top six but they, they don't all fit into that space you know there's um in addition to Leicester there's West Ham there's Newcastle there's Villa there's all these teams vying for those like remaining top half spots someone's got to fall out I think all of the ingredients are there for Leicester to fall out and um, potentially in a quite major way. 
Um, I'm looking at their, their early season fixtures. Um, they've got to play Arsenal and Chelsea in the first four games of the season. Uh, Man United game five. And then they follow that, with, follow, that, follow that up with Brighton, which isn't an easy game. But the first six games are an absolute nightmare for Leicester. I think they could, they could be looking in real danger by then and Rodgers to be fired. Wow. That is, a, that is quite a big call. I noticed nobody nobody went for Tottenham mounting a title challenge. I thought that was that was a, a call that a lot of pundits have been discussing. I don't think I see anybody other than I don't think there's going to be a title challenge this season. <laughs> Sadly, yeah. I think they might they might launch a second place challenge. But yeah, yeah. Might be about it. But that also wouldn't be surprising. Like they're the third best team probably now, so. Well, if you finish second or third, you get to say you were in the title race at the end, don't you? <laughs> I don't know. No one says that about Oli Solskjaer's United, so I don't think that's true. No. <laughs> Nobody's disagreeing with me, interestingly. <laughs> All right. Shall we... Uh, I think that's it. That's that's the, uh, the run list for today, then, isn't it? So... Um, I guess we'll call that a day. Um, so let's sign off, shall we? Uh, Gary, lovely to have you on the pod. Thanks very much. Best of luck, everyone, to the season ahead. Thank you. John, great to have you too. Looking forward to a great season. Let's do this more often. And Matt, likewise. Yeah, good to, uh, good to speak to you all. And um, I wish Arsenal were the best because we think they're going to need it. It's <laughs> <laughs> all right. They're getting Pochettino. Pochettino, they'll be fine. All right, see you soon. Bye, everyone. Awkward bye at the end. <laughs> In the end, it's cleared away by Ruben Diaz. Manchester City have got the subs warming up down below us. Ilkay Gundogan, Phil Foden, and uh, Nathan Ake, David McGoldrick is the Sheffield United substitute. I think John Lundstrom has just been yeah. sent out as well, Steve. I think John Lundstrom's been... Sh- Excellent ball to Ferran Torres. The goalkeeper's got himself in a mess. And he was just able to get a hold of that from Torres, who'd spotted the whole goal was empty. Yeah, it was there. He just didn't get the height. I think John Lundstrom's been told to strip off, to be honest. Rather than just get sent out to warm up. He's just getting his instructions in the dugout.